Hey everyone, welcome to the podcast for the Vineyard Church in Campbellsville, Kentucky. If you haven't already, we encourage you to check out our audio archive at vineyardcampbellsville.org. You can also subscribe on iTunes or wherever you like to get podcasts. And now, here's this week's message brought to you by Senior Pastor Adam Russell. Hey, good morning, everyone. Hey, welcome to the Vineyard. My name is Adam. I'm the pastor here. So glad to have you. Everybody's happy today. You can just feel it. High five right there, Michael. Come on. You know, if, if we just had a worship team that was any good, our church would really grow. If they, were, if they could sing even a little bit or play, then, you know, then we'd be all right, wouldn't it? Glenn, if you could just get it together for us a little bit so we could grow. Man, guys, I got wrecked. What a great thing. Thank you, worship band. And um, honestly, Erica, thank you for just holding that moment for us. Yeah, that was so wonderful. Um, yeah, okay, I'm supposed to talk, but I'm still sort of just vibing, you know? Vibing. Hey, uh, here's what I want to do today. Uh, last week, we had a message called... Reese, help me out, dog. Here we go. Uh, last week, we, uh, the message I gave was called, Who Will Carry the Torch? And this week, the message is called, Who Will Carry the Torch Part 2? That, do you see that thing that just happened there, guys? That is design magic. And you too can do this if you have an iPad with a pen. Okay? So I just want you to know. Uh, all the designers in the room, take notes. I'm here for contract labor, $200 an hour. Um, here's what I want to do, though. I want to, I want to pick up on many of the things that I was sharing last week. And if you were not in the room last week, especially if you feel like, like the vineyard is your church home, uh, I never say this, but I really want you to go back and listen to last week's message because it just has some things that are deeply in my heart right now that I've been carrying for the better part of a year. I think it might be even the Lord. And if you're new-ish here and you think this might be your church, I would love for you to go back and listen to that message because in it, I just share the roots of this church. Like, how did this place become what it is? And what are the things that we've been vibing on for 28 years and we want to keep vibing on? And so if you weren't here last week, please go by and catch that. And um, I want to pick that up this again, again this morning. Who will carry the torch? Like I said, this question has been in my heart for months and months. And uh, kind of like what I said last week, this image stirs up the, uh, the idea of the Olympic flame for me. And that image of the Olympic flame, uh, it has at least three like little metaphors that are tucked inside of it. So one, when I think of this image... Uh, it resonates with the idea of passion, like a burning flame. Like what is, what is the thing that causes us to come alive? What is the fire that's in our heart? The second image that's sort of connected to this for me uh, is an image of cooperation and community. Because what happens with the Olympic flame is, is they light that sucker on Mount Olympus and then they run it, like physically run it to wherever the, the Olympic Games are going to be in the world. Uh, they have runners, and no one runner can do the whole thing. And so it's an image of cooperation and community because you run for a while, and then what do you do? 
you hand it off. Like you do your part and you hand it off and it can't get to where it's going unless everybody does their part. So there's something in there for me that's about like cooperation and community. And then finally, uh, it's an image of grace because if you're one of the runners who gets to carry the flame, how many of you know you don't get to just light the flame? You, you instead, you receive the flame. And so the fire that you have is not one that you make up. It's not one that you build in your backyard with your neighbor. You don't get the matches out that morning. It's not your flame. It's the flame you receive. And so there's an image of grace. Like, what are we called to carry as Christians? Simply what we receive. You know, we don't get to make it up. Nobody makes up Christianity, by the way. You don't get to make it up. Uh, I don't get to make it up. It's, it's received. Uh, there are things that God has for us, and, and we don't just go and take them. Instead, we just open our hands like Erica was trying to get us to do this morning. Just, we just open our hands, and just, we just respond, and we receive what God is handing out. Um, now, the reason this has been in my head and in my heart is because we're at like this generational shift moment of our church. Our church is 28 years old, and we're entering a critical moment. And part of the reason I've been thinking about this is in the last three or four years, some of our founders have passed, and I talked about that a lot last week. So some of the very people who made this place, who planted it and created it and made a home for you, maybe you don't even know who those founders are, but some of them have passed. And part of what that tells me is that the, there's a shift happening in our church and it's a really, really important one. And not only that, but there's other people here and uh, you're alive and you're well and you're breathing uh, and you've been here for a long time and you've carried the work of God in your life. And I just want to talk to you for a second. So many people here have been touched by the, by the presence of God in their midst and, and we're at this moment where we have to start thinking about building for what I would say is the deep future. That's another phrase that's been in my head and heart for a while. Not just thinking about the future, but thinking about the deep future. And I'll just define that for you for a moment. Uh, it's time for this church to start building and thinking and strategizing, not how to be a vineyard for the next five years, but how are we going to be the vineyard for the next 50 and 100? Like, what are we going to do now that is going to pass on and be a thing in 100 years for people we will never meet? So what are we going to do, right? Not just tomorrow, but that horizon that's further out. And in order to do that, we have to do three things. And I think I have a slide here. Mr. Reese, got to do three things. Number one, we have to know our story. That's what last week was about. I was telling some of our story. You need to know our story. You know, if you want to build for the deep future, you better know your story. You better know what you're handing off, right? Number two, you have to know what God has called us to. That's what I was sharing last week. And then number three, you have to stir it up and you got to pass it along. And that's what I want to talk about this morning. If we were titling this message, it would be stir it up, pass it along. Stir it up, pass it along. So that's what I want to talk about this morning. And I want to read two scriptures to you from 2 Timothy. One from chapter 1 and then from chapter 2. So Reese, maybe we could put those up. Here's a, a little riff from the Apostle Paul. And this is like Pastor Paul, okay? And he's talking to his young protege, Pastor Timothy, one to another. And this is what he says. He says, Timothy, thank God for you. The God I serve with a clear conscience, just as my ancestors did. Night and day, I constantly remember you in my prayers. I long to see you, for I remember your tears as we parted, and I'll be filled with joy when we're together again. Uh, they love each other, right? But look at verse 
five. This is like really important for us, especially as we think about building for the deep future and this question of who will carry the torch. Who's going to carry the flame, y'all? Here's what Paul says to Timothy. I remember your genuine faith, for you share the faith that first filled your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. And I know that same faith continues strong in you. This is why I reminded you to fan into flame the spiritual gift that God gave you when I laid my hands on you. So what I want you to notice there is Timothy's faith, it's not simply his own faith, is it? It came from somewhere. Mom and who? Grammy. All right. Chapter two. Here's another little riff. Paul says to Timothy, Timothy, my dear son, be strong through the grace that God gives you in Christ Jesus. You've heard me teach things that have been confirmed by many reliable witnesses. This is the important part right here. Now teach these truths to other trustworthy people who are going to do what? Pass them on. So what you have here is this little theme in 2 Timothy. It's in chapter 1, and it's also in chapter 2. And I want you to notice that in chapter 1, the faith of Timothy's grandmother Lois and his mother Eunice has become his own faith. Three generations. Grammy? Mammy? Mine. Right? That's the way I think about it. That's the way I like, when I read the Bible, that's how I read it. You wonder like, what's in Pastor Adam's head when he reads the Bible? I read 2 Timothy chapter one and I hear Grammy and Mammy. But what I want you to see there is that there's three generations. And I also want you to notice there that there's something, there's something about family there, isn't there? How many of you notice that, that if, you, if, you, if you grow up in a Christian home, there's a good chance maybe those kids are gonna be Christians? right? It's like super important. Like if you're a parent here, this is not the message, but I just want to say, if you're a parent here, there's two things that are like so important for you if you want to have Christian kids. Number one, don't get divorced. Figure it out. Number two, love the Lord as best you can and don't tell lies. And if you do that, there's a very good chance it'll It'll come into your children. Even if they go nuts for a while, uh, the yeast is in the dough and you can't get away from the yeast that's in the dough. You can't get it back out, you know? You think, well, my kid's nuts right now. I just want you to know, Lois and Eunice, come on, let's go. Three generations, there's something about family there, but it passes on, you know? It wasn't just mine, but we pass it on. And then in chapter two, and maybe we can, well, it is up. Uh, in chapter two, Paul says uh, to Timothy, you've heard me teach stuff, pass it on to trustworthy people. And what are those trustworthy people gonna do? Pass it on to others. How many generations is that? Three, you, me, and then you're going to pass it on to trustworthy people, and then it's going to go to others. And if you think about Paul, yes, you're right, it's four. You could be, right? But you see this, this generational thing, isn't it? Like, what does it mean? What does it mean to be a Christian? What does it mean to be a Christian? Part of what it means to be a Christian is you receive something, and you don't just keep it, but you turn it loose. You turn it loose. You, you, you get it. And you let it go. It's, it's, it's like soccer. Isn't that right, coach? You get it, and then what do you do? You let it go. Best teams. You get it, and you let it go. That's how you keep it going. Uh, this is the life of faith. Uh, this is Christianity we receive, but we also pass it along. Uh, last, last week, we looked at the four devotions of the early church from Acts chapter 2, and those four devotions are something like this. Teaching, fellowship, sharing meals, and prayer. And we noticed last week how those were not just present in the early church, but they were present in this church, like this church, those four things. 
and uh, carried by actual people that I could name, and I did name them last week. And now we're in a moment where the Spirit of God is calling us to pass these things along once more. And I just want to say to the church who's here this morning, this is how we build for the deep future. We pass those things along. You know, we're not just passing anything along. We're passing along Acts chapter 2, verse 42 through 47. We want to pass along the teaching of the apostles. We want to pass along fellowship, uh, breaking of bread and meals. That's the reason we had communion this morning. And we want to pass along a spirit of prayer. You do that? You build for the deep future. You want to receive it and then pass something along. Um, there's two sorts of folks probably who are here in the, ro- in the room this morning. Uh, and I just want to speak like super generally right now. Everybody give me permission to speak general. Uh, I just want to make, I just want to stereotype the room for a minute. Can I help me? There's in general, two kinds of people in the room this morning. Uh, number one, there's, there's some people in the room who have been highly formed by the work of God. A lot of us in the room have been highly formed by the work of God. You, you've experienced God. You, you know Jesus. You've, you've become a, a friend of God. You have the life of the Spirit. Um, maybe you've had a mentor or two in the faith. Like you've been discipled a little bit. You had somebody who pastored you. Or you had a, a couple friends who walked out the life of faith with you. You've been, you've been highly formed. And because of that, you, you actually even have some stories right? Like you, you could sit down with someone else and you could tell some stories about Jesus or about what God has done in your life, like actual stories. Uh, you've received the fire. This is one, one of the ways I wrote it down here. Uh, you've, you've been carried in, in moments by God and through other people in this room. Maybe you've had some moments or seasons in your life where you could say, you know what? I've been carried by God. And honestly, I've been carried by some people in this room. Uh, you've been highly formed. You're not perfect, um, but you do know up from down, uh, and spiritual gifts are not a new thing for you. Uh, you have some kind of a life in the Bible. You, you know, prayer is not a foreign subject. Maybe you feel like you're not very good at it, but you still do it, you know? If that's you, you've been deeply formed. And then, then there's probably another group in the room this morning, and you're fairly unformed. Uh, maybe you're young. And that's the reason you're unformed. You're just like, you're young. You're like 16 and like you like God a little bit and you're open to God, but you haven't really experienced deep formation or spiritual formation or discipleship. Or, or maybe you're unformed this morning because you're new to Christianity. Maybe you've been coming here a while and you're like beginning to dip your toe in here and wondering like, is this for me? And, and you're just kind of sitting on the outside edge. You know, just imagine, imagine a campfire and a lot of people are like, on little stumps sitting close to the fire, but you're right behind those people. And you're just like, I, is this fire any good? You know? And maybe the reason you've been a little bit unformed is because you're just maybe waking up to Christianity a little bit. Or maybe, maybe number three, maybe you're fairly unformed because, you know what, maybe you were in church a little bit or not, but you just have never taken your spiritual life all that seriously. Uh, maybe... Maybe there's not been a direct connect there. You, 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 maybe you tried prayer for a second, but it didn't feel like it did anything. Or, or maybe there was nobody encouraging you. Or maybe you grew up in a home where you were discouraged from the life of faith. And so for any number of reasons, maybe you're just kind of unformed. And so a lot of us in the room might be formed and 
Maybe some of us in the room are fairly unformed. Well, I, would, I want to give everybody in the room two invitations this morning. Two invitations. Number one, uh, if you've never taken your life in Jesus that seriously, or if you've never had a formational season, I'd like you to receive some stuff. I'd like you to consider having a moment where you receive some stuff. I mean, it's a new year. It's a great time to decide to take the life of Jesus seriously. You know, it's a brand new year. You could just begin today by deciding, I'm going to take a life of faith, and specifically Jesus, really seriously. And you can start that today. Or maybe you've been here and you've been exploring faith. And I just want to say, if that's you, keep showing up. Uh, get in a home group when those start. You know, if, you, if you've been on the outside edges and you haven't come close to the fire yet, come a little closer. Uh, look for a mentor in the faith. If you don't know where to look, come and ask me and I'll help you find someone. Or maybe you're here with your family, starting the new year off with a commitment to like get back in church and you want to have a commitment to the family. I, I just want to say, that's, that's really good. We even read some Bible for that this morning. Lois and Eunice, right? Decide that you'll be Lois and Eunice, you'll get a Timothy, you know? Maybe you want to do that. I want to invite you to, to do that. Show up, plug in, find a place here and let God form you. And maybe, maybe you're someone who's lost connection with your faith. And I just want to say, I'd, I'd like to invite you to lean in again. Or two, maybe you've been fairly formed. Uh, and if you are in that group of people uh, who's in the room this morning who's been fairly formed, you've had some experiences with God, got a story too, I, I want to invite you to lean in again and give away the things that you've received. Pass it along. Now here's what I want to do for just a moment or two. I, I want to talk to some very specific people in the room. I want to talk to teenagers and uh, folks in their early and mid-20s. If you're in your teens or in your early 20s, uh, I want to invite you, I want to invite you into a season of extending, uh, extending your arms and your heart to God. Uh, part, of what, part of what your teenage years and your early 20s are actually about, it's not just educational formation but it is about spiritual formation. And there are things that will happen to you when you are 17 and 18 and 23 that may not ever happen to you again. There is a window in your life that is open right now. And I want to invite you to, 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 to move toward it. There are doors open and I want to invite you to move through them. Right? There, I, some of it is just, some of it is just the, fa the fact that you have more time in your life right now than you're ever going to have. And I know you're like, I'm busy. No, you're not. Like, you have no idea. You have no idea the tsunami that is coming for you. You cannot escape it. It is a wave 100 feet tall. But right now, by the grace of God, there is a little barrier reef out there. And it is holding this monster wave off of you. And if you are 17 or 21 or 23 or 25... I just want, I want to invite you into leaning in towards God because there are things that God will do with you, through you, and to you in this moment that might not ever happen again. Like real stuff, real stuff. I mean, the apostle John was 16 when he started running around with Jesus. I just, think about that. The apostle John was like, 16, he was the youngest guy. Jesus is like, why don't you come off that boat? 
and come with me. And he just drops the net and he follows him. And how many of you know that his life was forever changed in that moment? I want to tell you, if you were in your early teens and 20s, like Jesus is talking to you and he's inviting you out of what you think might be your life. And he very well could be asking you to follow him in a way that could change your life forever. I want to invite you to do that. Give your whole heart to Jesus. Like do some silly stuff for Jesus. Like try following God. Like if you think God might be asking you to do something, just do it. Just do it. Try something. Like even if it feels very strange, you have no idea where that could lead you. Like I'm still vibing off the stuff that happened to me when I was 17 and 18. I've said vibing four times this morning. <laughs> Get it out of my head, God. <laughs> teens and early 20s okay 30s and 40s I want to talk to the 30s and 40s right now 30s and 40s you're in the thick of it you're in the thick of it if you're in your 30s and 40s this is this is this you're in the tsunami wave this is the tsunami wave You've probably got relationships, children, and jobs. And here's what I want to say to people who are in their 30s and 40s and who have relationships, children, and jobs. I want to say to you, all that's really important. All of it's great. Like, it's good. This is, this is actually God in your life. Your relationships to your spouses, your children, and your job. This is, this is God in your life. And I also want to say this. Don't let go of the rope. Do not let go of the rope. When you are in your 30s and 40s, do not let go of the rope. And do not buy the cultural lie that you need to forego leadership or discipling others because your life is full. Like there are things when you are in your 30s and 40s and you are super busy and you're going to a lot of kids stuff and a lot of school stuff and a lot of work stuff. There are things that God is doing in you uh, that, that will never happen again. And you have a voice of authority in the culture and in our city that no one else has. And there are people, specifically teenagers and, and people in their early 20s who need to hear from you because you haven't forgotten what it was like to be in your 20s and you have not forgotten those moments and do not let go of the rope and do not buy the cultural lie that you're too busy to do the Jesus stuff for other people. You have to pass it along. You have to pass it along. Now, let me say something to you. Uh, when you're in your 20s and in your, in your 30s and 40s, here's what you do when you're in your 30s and 40s if you want to pass it along and you want to disciple others. You get better with your calendar. This is what you do. You get better with your calendar. In your 20s, so much can happen spontaneously, right? That's what your 20s are about. Your teenage years are about spontaneity and it should be. Uh, your 30s and 40s are not about spontaneity and they can't be and it's okay. But here's the problem. If you're deeply formed in God, especially in your teens and 20s and it happens through spontaneity, sometimes what we think is God is spontaneous. And then we get in our 30s and 40s and we're like, crap, I let go of God or he forgot about me because nothing spontaneous happens anymore. No, it didn't. Your life got full and it got full because you're living in the blessing of God. Spontaneity does not equal God. So if you want to pass it on, what you have to do, 30 and 40 year olds, is get better with your calendar. Just put it on the book. 
Here's what Heather and I have learned after like two decades of this stuff. If you just pick a date six weeks out, guess what will happen? It will happen. And what I mean by that is put a date four weeks out. We're having these people over to our house to eat dinner and to drink wine and to talk about Jesus. And guess what will happen? They will come over, you will make dinner and you'll have friends. And none of it's spontaneous and it's the work of God. None of it's spontaneous, none of it. So, so 30 and 40 year olds, we need you to pass along your formation to the 20 somethings and the teenagers and it won't happen spontaneously. It'll happen when you get better at your calendar. And you don't have to do 100 things this year. You could do five things this year and change someone's life. I just, t- five. <laughs> Listen to me, because I'm smart. <laughs> you know? Listen, I'm not that smart, but I say it confidently. You, know? <laughs> you could do five things with one person or one couple this year and change their life. Let me, t- let me tell you, like, I'm just, this is how it works. You could be like, if you are in your mid to late forties and your life is fairly full and you've got some dollars, that's what happens when you get to be about 45, six, seven, you start having money and a lot of life problems. And, and so what you do is you have to put things on the calendar. And here's what I would like you to put on the calendar. I would like you to put on the calendar four or five times this year, find somebody in their twenties who just got married and has no money. They don't have money. And I want you to invite them over and treat them amazing. And if you got a lot of money, I want you to take those young 20-somethings to the nicest restaurant in Kentucky and talk to them about Jesus. If you do it three or four times in the year, it will change their life. That's what you do. Who will carry the torch? Who will carry? Here's the question this morning. Who will pass it along? And I'm talking to you 20s and 30-somethings, and I'm talking to you 40-somethings. You're not too busy. It doesn't have to be spontaneous. Get a hold of your calendar and pass it along. All right, 50s and up. 50s and up. Probably should have been like 60s and up. What do you do? What do you do? Here's what you do. Here's what you do when you're older. You lean into worship and blessing. I want to read a scripture. I forgot to give it to Reese this morning. I want to read a scripture to you. Really great one. This is out of the book of Hebrews, chapter 11, verse 21. It's a reference to a super weird moment in the Old Testament, which are my favorite moments. Hebrews chapter 11, 21 says this. I'm talking to to all the older folks right now. And you're like, who are the older folks? If you you can sleep wrong and hurt your neck, (laughs) I'm talking to you. If you've... (laughs) if you've ever tied your shoes and hurt your back for a month, I'm talking to you. If you get cards from AARP, I'm talking to you. If you've been thinking about retirement, I'm talking to you. Here's a scripture for you this morning. It says this in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 21, it says this, it was by faith that Jacob, when he was old and dying, blessed each of Joseph's sons 
and, and bowed to worship as he leaned on his staff. Dude, there's a vision for being an old guy. Freaking awesome vision. What did Jacob do before he died? He leaned on his staff, he worshiped the Lord, and you can read about it in Genesis 28. He blesses the two sons of Joseph. Y'all remember that moment? Joseph's like, hey dad, you're probably about to die. Will you, will you bless my boys? And he's like, yeah, bring them to me. And he brings Ephraim and Manasseh to them and has them get down. And, and Jacob, Joseph puts his sons in the birth order and he wants his oldest son at the right hand. Y'all remember this part? He wants his oldest son at Jacob's right hand and the younger son at his left. And when Jacob goes to bless him, what does he do? And Joseph's like, hey, you shouldn't do that. Like, dad, the older one's over here on your right. He's like, I've done what I've done. By the way, Jacob, always a trickster, right? Till the day he dies. But what a, vi- what a vision, what a vision for being an older person. Here's what we need in the vineyard from all of our older folks. I need you to be a worshiper in this room, hands up. Don't sit in the back, come up, you know? I, I need you to be a worshiper, never let go of it. And I need you to call out blessing for other people in the room. And here's what that means. It means, what do you see in people don't just see it, but say it. You know, sometimes we make things like prophetic encouragement or even just natural encouragement way too complicated. Here's what I'm inviting everybody who's older in the room to do in the next horizon, because it'll actually get us to our deep future. What you see in people, say it. Say what you see. Like begin to call out the good in people. Begin to call out the favor and the grace and the gifts and the blessing of God in people. We all need to hear it. We all need to hear it. And by the way, encouragement goes 10 times deeper than, than criticism. It just does like encourage people, you know? And listen, if you're older, yeah, you look around and you're like, ah, these people are doing things wrong. Uh, <laughs> I get it. I get it. Like, you don't have to tell me. I also hurt my neck when I sleep and I have thrown my back out, tying my shoes. So I'm coming into that spot. I get it. Young people are nuts. I get it. I get it. And things aren't the way they used to be. Things aren't the way they used to be. Get off my lawn. You know, (laughs) I get it. I can be that guy. I can be that guy. But you know what you don't want to be when you get older? You know what you don't want to be, God? You you know what you don't want to be? You know what Jacob wasn't when he was old? He wasn't get off my lawn guy. You don't have to be get off my lawn guy. And neither do I. What we need in the vineyard, if we're going to carry the torch and pass it along, receive it and pass it along, is we need our older people here to stay connected to worship, which is, which is it means something like this. Staying connected to worship means staying connected to the wonder and awe of who God is. Here's the thing I've noticed too. This is in me. Are you, are you kidding me? This is in me. Like after you get around God or after you do church for a while, you, you just use this thing will start to infect your brain. And it goes something like this, like, oh, I already know about all that. Yeah. You know, I already know. Yeah. We'll just, no, this is what is so profound about Jacob's life. At the end of his life, filled with awe and wonder, right? And filled with blessing, not just like those kids, you know, filled with blessing, Filled with blessing. If you're an older person here this morning, would you be the kind of person 
who says, you know what, for the rest of my life, I'm going to be filled with awe and wonder toward God and toward people. I'm going to be filled with words of blessing. In your teens and 20s, what do I need you to do? I need you to lean into God and do things that you might not ever have the chance to do again. In your 30s and 40s and 50s, don't let go of the rope. Don't let go of the rope. You're busy? Put it on the calendar. Spontaneity is not the Holy Spirit. You can schedule the work of God. You really can. And if you're older than that, lean into worship and blessing. And if we do that, we'll keep carrying the torch. We'll pass it along and we will build for deep future. Amen? Amen. All right. I preached pretty good. Thanks again for stopping by the podcast of the Vineyard Church in Campbellsville, Kentucky. If you'd like to keep up with what's happening at the Vineyard, you can follow us on social media. Until next time.